Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him, took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Okay, guys, you can go downstairs to your classes. I even have to wear glasses for the sermon now. It's kind of depressing. From that text... Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Just a little side note, it's called Into the Wilderness Part 1, because I'm just going to talk today in this sermon about what it means to go into the wilderness. Wednesday night, the theme of our service that me and Ray and Gloria are going to preach about is actually the whole notion of temptation, because that's really what the story is about, that Jesus is tempted in his time in the desert. And so I'd invite you to come Wednesday and hear part two. 26,284. 26,284. Now, I know I probably should not admit to this, but that is the number of emails that are still stored and still sitting and still sometimes unread in my AOL online account. (laughs) 26,000. Now, granted, those emails have been piling up for at least 10 years, and probably 60% of them are junk or spam, and yet, for me, those emails symbolize the challenge of this time in history that so many of us face as humans, that there is so much information, right? So much information and so little time to take it all in. Information. And messages back and forth, so much information available more than ever before in human history. And 
not just email, but at the internet and social media and news and texts and so on and so on? How do we sort through it all and read it all and understand it all and respond to it all, this blizzard of infinite digital information? We just don't have the time. The time. Or think about this, 3.8 years, 34,000 hours. That's how long it would take you or I to watch every single TV show and movie on Netflix, if we wanted to try. Or 700 million products. That's how many items are currently for sale on Amazon. How do we figure out just what to buy? Or work, American workers are about the worst workers in the world at taking time off. On average, just 16 days a year, less than half the amount that folks in Europe enjoy. Or just daily activities, so often running from one thing to another thing to do every single day, sometimes all the time. I know I'm guilty of this, trying to squeeze much too much stuff to do in a finite amount of time. I can't do it all. I can't watch it all. I can't have it all. I can't read it all. But I can try. Right? We don't have the time. Time is not infinite. We have time, but we need to live in balance, to work hard and then rest, take a Sabbath, to read and watch the news, but then turn it off and take a walk, daydream even. Fulfill our own lives, certainly in the lives of our children, with rich activities, but also say no sometimes and take some life, some sacred space to think, to wonder, to pray, to get away, to get closer to God, to just be, and in that being, to live a more spiritually intentional life, thoughtful, thoughtful. We all need that, my friends. Jesus certainly did. In today's scripture, Jesus is 30 years old or so, He's been growing up and living in relative obscurity, maybe helping Joseph in the carpenter's workshop, getting ready to undertake his public ministry. But before he goes forth, before he engages the world, before he preaches a word or teaches a lesson, what does he do? He goes away. He gets away. He pulls away into the wilderness, into solitude, into prayerful and thoughtful and precious time to think and pray and reflect and spend time with God and with the deepest longings of his heart and soul. He wants to be intentional about the life he seeks to live. Friends, Wednesday we begin Lent, our time as Christians, to do as Jesus did, to take intentional time to be with God and with each other and most important, to have just a little time, just a little time to be thoughtful and prayerful and intentional about life, how we live our lives, how we interact with others, how our faith matters. And that's the hope in Lent, in Sabbath, in life, to be intentional, to find some time to just reflect and ponder and wonder and pray. Now, I know that Some of you may say, you're not married and you don't have kids. you got plenty of time to do that. I do, and yet I fill up all of my waking time with stuff to do. Okay, Not that any of you do that, right? It seems to be like our our go-to thing in modern society, 
that we cannot have these spaces. Um, And so what I want us to think about today is that our church needs this time too. Our church. Sacred time to think, to reflect upon, to be thoughtful and intentional about how we live in this world as Pilgrim Church, as an institution, as the body of Christ here at 25 South Main Street, especially now, especially in 2019, especially in these days when doing church and being church Friends, it is perhaps more complicated and more challenging and more important than it's ever been, at least in my lifetime. The world needs God's love and God's hope and God's care. And so, friends, that's why we as a church are in the midst of our 2020 discernment process, why we as a church are symbolically getting away in a real way into the wilderness taking the time to think and pray and wonder just where God is calling us and what God wants us to do and to be as Christians in these amazing and breathtaking and scary and profound times that this world finds itself living within. 2020 is our attempt and commitment to step back and look at all we do and all that we are, and then ask ourselves, what are we doing as a church that works and is core to us and needs to be strengthened? And what are we doing as a church that does not work anymore or is not working in the world of 2019 and might need to be changed? And who does God want us to be in the years ahead to serve as faithfully as we have since 1685 Do you hear that? Can I get some head nods out there? Do you hear that? That's why we're doing 2020. And all of that information and thoughtfulness and opinions and ideas, I need to say this, they have to come from all of us, our church as a whole, all of us. Not just from the pastor, thank God, or our small committee, but from all of us and from God. Friends, that's what it means for us to be congregational. Can I get an amen for that? The church is the people. It's not me. It's not the staff. It's us gathered together as the body of Christ. That's why we do 2020 and why we are taking our time, our 40 days in the wilderness, if you will, to do this vital work. Because, friends, you don't have to look around to know that these are profound times for the church and the world. Think of just the past few weeks. The Roman Catholic Church seems to be collapsing upon itself as it wrestles with sex abuse scandals and how those scandals have eroded the trust and the commitment of its members and broken so many hearts and broken so many faiths. It breaks my heart. That's the tradition that I grew up in, that I grew up in. Or you may have heard about the Southern Baptist Church, the largest Protestant denomination in the United States. It, too, is grappling with scandals around clergy misconduct, more than 400 cases recently uncovered by a Houston newspaper, the United Methodist Church, the largest mainline church in the United States. Did you guys read about it this week? And so this week, they took a vote about whether or not they should have LGBT clergy and whether or not they should prohibit the blessing of same-sex marriages, and they voted to do so. And potentially, they're going to lose thousands of churches and members, and it just makes me sad because I'm like... Why are you doing that now? You know what I mean? 
These are profound times for the church in the world, but in particular in the United States. It's amazing times for all churches. But friends, we must not make any mistake. This world and our towns and cities and this nation and all of us, we need God. We need God's love and justice. We need God's hope. We need God's community. We need each other as a people of faith. And we need Pilgrim Church, I would say, now more than ever. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Okay. You know, there's a part of me that doesn't want to kind of talk this straight, that, you know, kind of is worried that I'll be worried and you'll be worried and we'll all be worried together. But I think worse than talking about it would be not talking about it. To imagine that we, that we don't have to change. That we don't have to lean into this. Friends, we have to. I mean, we didn't pick it, but this is our time, right? As God's people, in the world, in the congregational tradition, in Sherburne, in 2019. And so we got to do the work with each other and with the world. And I trust that that will happen. I believe and I pray that we will be thoughtful and wise about this, that we will take the time to discern with God our place in the world, that we will go into the wilderness and think and pray and wrestle and discuss and ponder and wonder as humans, as Christians, as children of God, and as a church. And we can do it. We can. And with God, I believe we must do it. And with each other, within this amazing gift, called Pilgrim Church, this amazing gift called Pilgrim Church. We can do it. I I mean, I'm not just bragging on us. I need to say, you know, I'll give you an example, friends. So we lost Jose. She actually walked out of the office in December. And all of these people stepped forward, mostly unbidden, to do what had to be done to keep our community moving ahead. And we tried our best to support Jose and her family. And I think we did good. We were faithful to God and to her. And all I could think is, you know, not all communities would have done that. Can I get an amen for that? Okay. But we're able to do it because we're strong. We're strong. And so, friends, we might have to go into the wilderness just for a while. But that's where Jesus is sometimes, and where we are summoned as well. Onward, and always onward in faith and in trust, in God and in each other. Let all God's people say, Amen.